What's up, everyone? This is The Rooney Show. Today's podcast episode, it's going to be a little bit of a history lesson, but we're going to bring this around and tie it back to how it could affect your life and your decision-making. So, bear with me as we go through this podcast. If you're a military buff or you like military history, you know, you you really might actually like this podcast. But if that's not your thing, trust me, follow along. We'll bring it home at the end and how this could affect your uh, your decision-making or maybe the way you look at you know, life and, and how things are going. So I personally, I am a fan of like military history. One of my favorite things to do at night when I'm laying down to go to bed is turn on like a documentary. Um, and last night I found this show, um, that was a world war two documentary. It was talking about the U S and allied forces, um, going through, I believe Belgium into Germany in 1944, again, this sounds dull and boring. I promise I'll bring it around. For those of you who think this is boring, I'll bring it around. And if you like military history, keep listening. So, as the uh, podcast goes here. Now, there were these things called dragon's teeth. And did a quick Google search on them. Um, hundreds of miles of these dragon's teeth which are pyramid-shaped blocks. They're probably about five foot tall and about five foot at the base of them. Um, And I think they were like staggered. I don't know. There's probably a 20-foot wide span of these concrete blocks that traveled for hundreds of miles through uh, Germany and occupied areas to deter the U.S. and Allied forces from... uh, Defeating Hitler, long story short, right? So, these uh, barriers, they were designed to stop vehicles and tanks and, you know, the infantry forces and the supply forces, (coughs) excuse me, from advancing on the battlefield. And just a quick lesson in tactics for those who don't know what this means is when you're an infantry unit or you're a supply, you know, convoy or whatever once you hit one of these barriers or one of these choke points that's usually a designated area to be attacked by the enemy okay so what should have happened is when the u.s and allied forces rolled up on these dragon teeth walls these big concrete blocks that were barriers um, what should have happened is they probably should have started getting attacked by like rockets and mortars and and other you know types of uh, weapons that would be able to reach out to that position. It's a pre-positioned attack point, a choke point, you know, much like you would see on the news or anything nowadays when a vehicle hits a an IED or a convoy gets ambushed or a platoon gets ambushed. Usually it's in a choke point. It's in some designated area by the enemy. Once you roll into this area, you know, the weapons are all, are, they're already aimed there. The bombs are already planted there. Like this is the kill zone. Okay. And again, I'm really speaking towards like non-military people in these terms. This is layman terms. You're in the kill zone. Okay. Well, the U S forces, they didn't get attacked. Okay. And, the barrier was pretty easily defeated. You know, so at some point, 
Hitler and his leaders um, decided to put this wall along the German-Belgium border to stop the the uh, advancing forces. And I thought to myself, like, could you imagine being a German soldier back in 1944, building this block, this concrete barrier, this block staggered wall, and thinking, like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> like, this is going to be a waste of time. Like, they're just going to get over this. And, and the U.S. did. Pretty easily, in fact. They took some bulldozers, built a dirt mound over it, <laughs> and drove over the top of it. I mean, it, it was very easily defeated. And I don't think they even got attacked when they hit the choke point. So, first line of defense, out the window. And... You know, if you're a, a German soldier in 1944, you're like, shit, like, this isn't going to work, but I'm not going to say anything because maybe this is better than the alternative. Um, maybe the alternative to building these dragon tooth walls was a much harder job or a much more dangerous job in another location. And they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. I know it's not going to work. I know this isn't going to help me, but... It's better than the alternative. So they went with it. You know, maybe that's what happened. I'm not saying it is. But, uh, you know, they had many fallback positions um, throughout the country um, and throughout that area of operation, the Germans did. And again, we'll bring it around, I promise. We'll bring it home here. But uh, they had other fallback positions, right? So first line of defense, which somebody thought was a great idea, like any military <laughs> plan. Someone thought it was a great idea. And uh, anyways, you know, so that was their first line of defense. Their second line of defense, a few miles back, there were some bunkers. They had uh, artillery, heavy machine guns, and other types of like heavy equipment um, to fight with. And then there were other fallback positions after that, you know, so they were spread out. And... By the time that first um, barrier, that first obstacle that the U.S. forces hit, by the time that was defeated, the Germans had no idea. Because when the U.S. and Allied troops arrived to the second fallback, to the bunkers, normally if you're in a bunker, you're on an elevated position, okay, you're looking down on the terrain, and you could see them coming. And then you start shooting at them, right? Again, layman's terms for tactics for the non-military people. That didn't happen either. Okay? The, the U.S., according to this documentary, they saw the bunkers. They located them. Their scouts located them. Whatever. Right? This was before drones and, you know, uh, ISR feeds and all these things. Before the technology. Someone figured out there's these bunkers up here. And then they flanked them from the side and they flanked them from the rear. Okay, and what that means is they defeated them in, in ways they couldn't see it coming. Okay, and uh, again, their, their fallback plans just kept failing. So, you know, some experts say that the, for this battle, and uh, it's like the Huntridge Forest or something like that, uh, like, the biggest threat to the U.S. troops in this battle was the wintertime, the cold temperatures, and the terrain. Um, the Germans were, unfortunately for them, 
like not that big of a factor. Like there was more problems with the weather, the terrain, and the equipment that the U.S. soldiers had to go fight this battle. There was more issues with that than actually fighting the Germans, which uh, is not a good thing for the Germans. Great thing for for the U.S., great thing for the Allies, um, not so good for the Germans. So what are some things we consider out of our control? Okay. Um, maybe, you know... I'm, now I'm reeling it in here, so bear with me. We're reeling it in. What are some things you would consider out of your control? And I just jotted down a few things here at random. Um, maybe it's your your workload in addition to like chores you have to get done and other projects and other commitments that you have. Uh, maybe it's family matters. Maybe it's family illnesses. Um, conflicting schedules, you know. I'm speaking uh, on behalf of my household. We've been on some sort of like rotational sickness for a month and a half now, it seems like. And it just throws a wrench into everything. Uh, Throw in some army time for me here and there. Um, Some travel time for my job here and there. Um, Yeah, these things are all, you know, they're not exactly in my control, right? Now let's talk about things that I'm talking to you specifically here. The government's not in your control. The media, the news, social media, all right? Maybe people are posting sad and depressing things, right? And that makes you feel sad and depressed. You're trying to feel positive, but you're on social. You're talking, you know, trying to scroll through, see what's going on with your friends. And there's a funeral for this. So-and-so has this. And it's just a like, ah, shit, you know, I'm trying to escape to this social media platform. Um... And I'm just being burdened with more sadness, right? Or maybe people are living it up on Facebook, living it up on Instagram, especially Instagram, right? And you're not living it up. You're still at work. You're still trying to pay bills, all right? You're still trying to put food on the table. Meanwhile, you know, so-and-so is on a yacht. So-and-so buys a new car. So-and-so is on vacation, right? Doing their thing posting it on Instagram, they're doing it for the gram. And then that leads to things like, you know, insecurity or self-doubt, or maybe it actually leads to depression because you're comparing your life to other people's lives. Okay. And for social media, people aren't really putting a whole lot of bad things that are going on in their life. Like admitting their faults, admitting their insecurities like if, if there's a funeral or someone died or someone gets cancer, we're sending prayers, we're sending thoughts, you know, things like that. That's all um, worth noting, but no one's really on Facebook or Instagram like, shit, I just, you know, I overdrew on my checking account. Um, I missed four days of work this week because my kid was sick and I'm out of vacation, so there's four days less on my paycheck. Um, or whatever that situation is, right? That's that's not really going on social. So, uh, you know, when, when these different things that are out of your control happen, what do you do? You rely on your defenses, right? You rely on your dragon's teeth. These things you've built up as your defense. It's your defense mechanism. Um, for some people, maybe it's like smoking or drinking. For some people, it's lifting weights or going for a run or doing whatever it is. Like, that's your first line of defense. 
Okay. And what happens when that gets defeated? Okay, so you have a drink. You get drunk. Um, now the next day, you have a hangover. Okay, so now you're at your second line of defense. You're And you're in a hangover state. Or maybe you don't sleep well because you were so stressed out. You went for a run. You ran as fast and as hard as you could to try to sweat out the stress. And now your legs are sore. So you didn't sleep well. Okay, you're doing something out of the ordinary. And it just made things more out of the ordinary. All right? So this is the flank, right? This is you being flanked. Your first line of defense was defeated. You're at your second line. You're hungover. You're getting flanked. All right? Your body is stressed out. You're getting flanked. And and now you're tired. And now you're having to deal with the workload. You're having to deal with the chores and the conflicts of schedules and all these other things that were stressing you out. Now you're dealing with these in a less than ideal state of mind or state of physical readiness. And then what? All right, you keep falling back to these same defensive positions because that's all you know. Maybe you drink more. Maybe you run more. Maybe you go smoke more. Whatever it is, okay? And they just keep failing. So going back to that battle in Germany between the, uh, the Americans and the Germans, um, the Americans were on the offensive. Okay. They defeated the dragon teeth. They defeated the bunkers, um, the incoming rounds, you know, cause there were, there were, you know, the battles did happen. There was an exchange of gunfire and rockets and mortars or whatever. Okay. So like there was still war, they were still warring. Okay. But they were on the offensive. The U.S. troops and the Allies, you know, they didn't have dragon's teeth for defenses. They didn't have bunkers built by engineers, concrete reinforced bunkers with artillery in it. Okay, no, they were in foxholes. They were marching on frozen ground through the snow with shitty equipment. Okay, they were making do, but they were on the offensive and they just kept going. They kept going, kept going, kept going, and ultimately defeated the Germans. But what I mean here is like, they didn't wait until they were well equipped. Okay. They didn't wait for that theoretical right time. Um, because they knew the seriousness of the situation. And I think we need to approach every day like that. We need to approach every day. Like it's a serious situation because it is. And I always say when I'm getting on these like motivational tangents, it's always easier said than done. Okay. It's always easier said than done. The The key is doing it. It's executing. And don't make excuses on why you're not executing or why you're not executing correctly. Just be aware of them and make corrections. That way you can keep moving forward. You can keep getting past, you know, the barriers and achieving whatever your goals are. So, um, they weren't retreating the U S troops back in 1944. They weren't retreating to the bar. Okay. They weren't retreating to the gym after a long day. They didn't have those options. They had to dig in and keep fighting. Okay. They knew that's what, what they had to do. And not that you can compare your nine to five job to world war two, but nowadays we have this, um, convenience of escapism escapism on social media 
escapism, you know, all the conveniences that we have to get our mind off of whatever's going on. I mean, there's a million things to list, right? Um, social media just happens to be the easiest one. And when you're feeling defeated, okay, you don't want to deal with whatever you have going on. And, and it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be drastic. Like maybe you just don't feel like working today. I don't feel like pounding shit into this Excel spreadsheet. I don't feel like, you know, climbing up this thing to, uh, for me, in, in, for an example, right? Now I'm just using a task of my job. Like I don't feel like fucking climbing up this ladder to go look at a roof. All right, now I still have to do it. When I go out to someone's house to inspect their property, I still got to climb on the roof. So I can't just skip out and get on TikTok. But there's plenty of instances on people's, you know, nine to five jobs. I've worked in an office. I've worked at a desk um, on a manufacturing floor. And there's ways to skip out on your responsibilities. Um, and it doesn't have to be TikTok, Instagram, social media. Um, it can just be going to bullshit with your friends and not getting work done, right? So, and we also have easy access to these other, like, vices, easy access to booze, easy access to other destructive habits. They exist, and it's all, again, it's very easily accessible. Um, and they didn't have those options, right? We're talking, again, World War II soldiers on the front lines. They didn't have those options. Their only option was dig in keep moving forward but when we're at home you know decades later again you can't compare you know world war ii soldiers to uh somebody who works at a desk it's not an apples to apples comparison but there are things that you can look at such as am i digging in am i digging in and moving forward or am i finding something to escape on okay all right, so when you look at these things for escapism, you can look at them differently, right? How do you look at booze, alcohol, for instance? Okay, instead of, now I'm not saying seek escapism. I'm not saying avoid your responsibilities. But when these different things are stressing you out, you know, like, okay, if I get drunk, I'm going to have a hangover. So instead of, getting drunk and having a hangover, how about you share the message, right? Much like this podcast, share the message, share positivity, share wellness, tell your, you know, your friends that need to hear it or, or whatever. If you go to that place, that place of drinking too much, you're going to be hungover and you're going to feel like shit. Okay. Whatever responsibilities you have, they're going to be flanked tomorrow while you're hungover and they're still, they're going to be in your face and now you're just going to feel like shit and have to deal with them. Um, social media. Again, you can consume it. You can communicate on it. You can share positivity on it, right? Um, if you associate it with just escaping your responsibilities, then where's, where's the productivity in something like that? Okay, your responsibilities aren't leaving. Just because you checked out does not mean your responsibilities have checked out. So, quick exemption 
on the social media stuff. And this is obviously biased. <laughs> so some things that I would consider exemptions from like uh, escapism, not to be not to confuse consuming in moderation and escapism, things like audiobooks, instructional videos on YouTube or podcasts, things that will give you perspective and open up your mind. Okay, maybe lead you down the path to an answer. You won't find your answers online. Whatever your situation is, you can't Google the answer to life, right? But you can consume these different things on social that will give you some perspective and some tools and some tri- tri- tips and tricks and whatever to have a more positive outcome. Okay, and, and then share some stories of positivity. Um, it'll give you an opportunity to share some stories of positivity or some tools, tips, tricks, whatever, to have a, a better and more successful day. Okay, that's how we can use social. Um, exercise. Um, exercise is great. That's a, a great way to stay active, stay healthy. But again... You can't take a good thing, use it as escapism to avoid your responsibilities. If you're someone who requires working out twice a day, good on you. Good for you. Are you getting your shit done? Okay. Or are you just using this good habit? Okay, so we're kicking the bad habits now. Smoking booze out the window. Now we're talking about good habits. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working out, so it must be good. Or are you avoiding your responsibilities? I have this internal question myself sometimes because I enjoy going to the gym and I enjoy working out. And sometimes, more recently, I suppose, I could be doing something else. But I go back to, you know, the beginning of this podcast. There's the conflicting schedules. There's the projects. There's all these other things. And, uh, you know, this is my internal monologue. Am I working out again to be healthy because it makes me feel good? Or am I just escaping my responsibilities? And that's a question I need to answer and I need to deal with. But it's food for thought for you. Okay, whatever your um, thing is... Are you using it to escape or are you using it to be more productive? Because you can certainly take a good thing and use it in the wrong way, right? And that's just one example. Um, Going through my notes here. So, okay. So, um, do we need to fall back and make adjustments sometimes? Do we need to fall back to the second defensive position or the third defensive position and rebuttal and reevaluate what's going on in our lives and figure out how to be productive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we need it for mental clarity. We need to step back, take a look at whatever the situation is and just make a judgment, evaluate and move forward. Um, going to have a smoke or skipping out on whatever, you know, responsibility that you have is not going to resolve a situation. And in this instance, notice how I use the word situation and not problem. And that's because I think people use um, 
something like a situation and the word problem, like interchangeably, not every situation is a problem. Not every inconvenience is a problem or the end of the world. Okay, these are learning experiences. Again, life is not a constant Google search. You can't just know the answers to everything. You have to navigate it and figure it the fuck out. And, uh, you know, that's where I'm at on life, <laughs> in case you're wondering. So, uh, so anyways, um, we just can't use our defensive postures, our defensive situations, our defensive mechanisms as a way to escape responsibility. And, you know, back to my notes here. Um, let's see here. Can't use, okay. Yeah, we. We can't use them as a vice. Don't use whatever your defensive mechanism is as a vice from escaping your responsibilities. Okay? You like reading books? Good on you. Are you getting whatever you need to get done? Um, you like to work out? Good on you. Are you getting whatever you need to get done? I'm giggling because my wife likes to read and I like to work out. And uh, no shots fired at her. I promise. Just two things that came to mind. But again, it could be whatever your thing is, right? Don't take a good thing. A good thing can be used in a bad way. and uh, Or maybe not utilized correctly. So, as my podcast goes, so, uh, so what are some things you would consider like a defensive position in your life? Okay, do you retreat to those things? So you can clear your mind and evaluate whatever situation you have going on and then come up with a new game plan? Or are you retreating to those places to avoid conflict, to avoid responsibility? Whatever that situation is, it's probably not going to go away and it's not going to solve itself. And the likelihood of someone solving it for you is very low and if someone is solving it for you it's probably not a good thing and that too will eventually come around and bite you in the butt okay so whatever your defensive positions are in life evaluate those are they dragon's teeth are they going to be easily defeated or is it a good defensive spot where you can evaluate the situation and come up with a plan on keep moving forward. Or maybe you just need to look at life as there are no defensive situations, no defensive positions. We're the U.S., we're the Allied forces marching into Germany. We've got guns and foxholes. We have to keep going. All right, we cannot escape to the bar after work. We cannot escape, you know, to the gym after work. We have to keep fucking fighting and keep going. That's the mentality that some people need to have and people thrive off of while other people do need those different things um, to stop, evaluate, and then reattack. Just make sure whatever those positions are, are productive, are going to bring you value, um, and potentially bring value to those around you. So, The Rooney Show, where can you find me? You can find it 
on Facebook, Instagram. You can also find it on Twitter. We have an email. The email is show 23 like the number 23, at gmail.com. Feel free to send me an email if you have any questions, anything uh, you would like me to follow up on. Let's see. Am I missing anything? I could ramble for hours, you know. So I think that's all I got. Feel free to reach out to me online. I would love to know what you think. I would love to know what your defensive positions are. What are these things that you fall back to that help you reevaluate what you have going on and, uh, you know, share those things. Okay. There's more than like my, again, my example is like heading to the gym or doing woodworking stuff. I love woodworking. Um, love working with furniture. Those are some hobbies of mine that I can step back, clear my head and figure out how we're going to move forward. Okay. So what are those things for you? I want to know, message me on Facebook, message me on Instagram, uh, hit me up on Twitter or send me the email, therooneyshow23 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.